Welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. This highly practical podcast series explores HR and management hot topics and challenges through conversations with relevant experts and real-life people professionals. Brought to you by Actors Software, our aim is to build a better workplace for people. The HR Uprising is about collaborating and supporting each other to build the confidence and skills to rise up to each challenge and deliver real, lasting business value. You can find out more at hruprising.com or join our LinkedIn community. Now introducing your host, chartered psychologist, best-selling author, entrepreneur and speaker, Lucinda Carney. So before I introduce my next guest, I wanted to uh, wish you all well. I guess when we recorded this interview, it's before Christmas and we didn't necessarily expect all to be back in lockdown as we found ourselves. And with that in mind, if you are struggling to support your staff and you've got people who um, don't quite know how to manage their people remotely, they don't know how to do a remote appraisal because all of their objectives have changed, we are rolling out another series of open programmes. They're also available in-house, actually. These open programmes on virtual management. And you can access any of this from the HR Uprising. The links are all there um, from the HR Uprising. They've been really, really popular. And it gives those managers the tools, tools to manage remote stuff better. And let's face it, it is slightly different from regular face-to-face people management. The other programme we've got that's available is called Accelerate Potential, and that's aimed at those poor individuals who started their careers um, in 2020 during lockdown, right? So it's one of those things that people have never really learnt some of the skills that we all picked up by sitting next to people in the office. So that's aimed at uh, those who are entry-level professionals who just want to get those skills that are going to enable them to drive their careers forwards at the same rate, despite the fact that they they joined in 2020. So there's two programmes there. I'm also rolling out how to be a change superhero again in two or three months. So there's dates for that. And the Actors Academy will be launching soon. So if any of those are interest of interest to you, do go to um, www.hruprising.com. All the links are there and you can check out our training programmes. Um, I run a number of them myself and my colleague Rebecca also leads on those. But Before I go further, I wanted to give a little bit of an introduction to the guest that I have on today. I was so pleased to have Lizzie join us. She is she works tirelessly for HR Ninjas. She really does deserve a complete award for all the work she does. I think she told me it takes 20 plus hours a week on top of her day job to manage what is a huge and very successful Facebook group. Um, She doesn't profit from it, but I know it is a community that is so active, so supportive and really quite special. So, you know, I salute you, Lizzie Henson of HR Ninjas, and I'm so proud that you've been kind enough to come and tell a little bit about your story, because I know it's your first podcast. Um, You're really quite nervous about it, but she's such a star. So I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Lizzie Henson from the HR Ninjas. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast and I am very excited this week. I know I often say that but I really am very excited this week because I've been hoping to get this person on the podcast since last February in fact. Um, I had them lined up or hoped to have them lined up for various centenary episodes as it's turning out it's not going to be a centenary one but um, that makes me 
no less excited to have this individual on the podcast. Now, this is a lady who many, many of you will know. Um, she likes to be understated to such an extent we're recording this. We're not even videoing each other. We're just concentrating on listening to each other. Um, but she's, she's very understated. She's very modest, but she's achieved a huge amount. And I know that lots of people listening to the podcast would really want to hear more about her story. So, Let's crack on now and I'm going to introduce this person. Some of you will know if I say Lizzie Henson, but some of you may not. Lizzie Henson of Henfield Consultancy, maybe. But actually, if I said Lizzie Lou of HR Ninja fame, the founder of the HR Ninjas, then I'm sure you now know who I'm talking about. So Lizzie, welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> what an amazing introduction. Thank you for that. So yeah, this, this is my very first podcast ever. So thank you for letting me pop that cherry with you, Lucinda. I feel I'm, like I'm, I'm most honoured. <laughs> absolutely honoured that you've, you've agreed to come on. I say we were saying we've been talking on Messenger on and off, haven't we, for almost a year. So it's great. We've just gone. Let's just do it. And we're recording this before Christmas, but it's going to go out in January 2021. Um, and hopefully we're going to be all geared up for an exciting 2021. Yeah. All, all I've got in my head, Lucinda, is you know that voice from Big Brother that says like Lizzie you are live on the HR Uprising podcast please do not swear that's all I've got in my head oh sorry but well, you know what we can always edit it out that's the beauty of it it's only you and me hearing if you do decide to drop a swear word in but uh depending on how rude it is we've had a couple of swears uh, of swear words go out but we'll, we'll try and keep it relatively clean eh? so Lizzie tell me as, uh, we, we kind of catch this a bit as a real HR episode because I I, I think many people are really interested uh you know in in who you are and uh, what well how you came to bring about the HR um, ninjas but I think let's start about your sort of HR background and how you got into HR do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah definitely so well I'd love to I'd love to have some kind of um, impressive story around how I got into HR you know like it was a calling or you know there was some divine intervention or something like that but I guess my journey into HR is pretty um, pretty boring so um when I was 18, I uh, was applying for uh, places at university, um, as you do. And I also happened to apply for, um, it was called a commercial training scheme. It was with Boots. So I live in Nottingham. So um, Boots is obviously yeah. huge um, around these parts. So I applied, I applied for this um, commercial training scheme at Boots. And basically what it was, it was like a graduate training scheme, but for, for kids that had just done, done their A-levels. And as part of that training scheme, they basically moved you around a different department every four months. And the idea of it being that at the end of the two year scheme, you'd, you'd know kind of more about the area of work that you wanted to get into. So um, I was really, really fortunate in that, you know, I applied for this, um, you know, prestigious, as I saw it, prestigious position with Boots. And, and they gave it to me. And I spent two years working around various departments, around finance, around marketing, and I did a placement in uh, in a department that they, I mean, it was personnel back in those days. Um, and it was called the Education Liaison Department. And as part of that, I worked with a number of employers around the Nottingham area. And I, and I organized a careers fair. Um, and this was when I was like 18. You know, it was just awesome. But it was my first introduction into, into the world of HR. And I organized this event and got all these different employers together from around the Nottingham area. And we got loads of students there. And it was all about you know, careers and, and um, 
I just absolutely loved it. So that was my first introduction to 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 the HR world, and and that was it from there. So you know, by the by the age of sort of twenty, that's that's what I decided that I wanted to do, um, and and then obviously set about on that path, which you know I've been in that in that world ever since. Um, I qualified with my um, as it was called IPD back in nineteen ninety seven. And um, and yeah, I've just spent um, spent my life growing up really in in HR. Quite a good advert for those management schemes, though, isn't it? Finding something because you don't necessarily know that you'd want to go into into something like that without getting that taster for it. Although from what you're describing, it's not necessarily pure HR. The bit that you really loved was the career bit, right? So, did you end up doing those sort of things within your roles? Um, no, not really. I, I mean, I, I guess I would describe my my time in HR, a corporate HR, really was. It was very generalist, so I've you know I've, I've had a go at, at, at most areas, um, and I guess that's that's been really great for me because it enables you to work out which bits you like and which bits you're good at, and you know that's a winning combination, isn't it? If you can combine the two, um, I think what I really enjoyed about that, now I look back on it, was actually about there's something in me about bringing people together with a purpose, and I think even then at 18 years old, yeah, organising yeah. that careers fair and having this sense that actually everybody that came to that event was getting something really useful from it. Um, I think it was that. Really sort of making a difference like in, in that in that way. So it's, it's, that sounds like it's, it links with your values in some way, doesn't it? The whole sort of threading through this and obviously where we've got to with the ninjas. So I think so, yeah. I just think, I think I didn't, I, 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 you, you, I don't know. You, I didn't know back then, but that's, I think now I look back on it. I think, yeah, that's that's what really hit home there around, yeah, what felt good about about doing that. I remember my mum said to me when I was, um, when I was still at school and she said, oh, have you ever thought about personnel, Lizzie? I think you'd be I think you'd be really good in personnel and I was like what the hell is what the hell is, what is personnel? It? She went, oh it's all about people you'd be really good you know you'd be really good at that and I remember just, I remember just looking at her like oh god what do mums know you know and then now you know the irony actually mum was mum was, was right, right. <laughs> yeah and, and did she say that I told you so do you know what I've never reminded her of that conversation <laughs> she's probably forgotten it <laughs> so, so then I mean how long did you stay with Boots and where did you go from there well, I stayed with Boots till the end of the scheme. And at the end of the scheme, I said to them, right, I, I really, really want to get into HR. So give me a HR assistant job. That's that was that was my dream at the end of that of that scheme. And um, <laughs> uh, they said to me, well, you do know HR is very, very difficult to get into. And I was like, yeah, I know, but it's what I want to do. So give me a job in HR. Um, and, and they wouldn't give me a job in HR. And uh, they, they said, no, no, we want you to go and work in one of our business centres. We want you to be, I think, it, I think it was a product assistant or something like that in one of our business centres. And I was like, no, 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 I know I want to do HR. So I ended up leaving Boots um, and I, I, I landed the most amazing opportunity for, God, what was I then? I don't know, 2021. Um, I, House of Fraser were rolling into town in Nottingham. So they were opening a new store and, uh, and I thought, oh, that sounds, that sounds amazing. So I applied, applied to them and, um, and, and got the role of, I think it was HR assistant, but it was basically to set up and create, you know, everything to do with, with that new store opening. So kind of 300 plus staff, you know, getting them, getting them advertised, recruited, onboarded, you know, all of that. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I left Boots and moved on to House Fraser. So did in retail there, I guess then. So, but another good name, house sort of brand name to get involved with. 
Yeah, and that was awesome because the discounts were brilliant. <laughs> and at that time, yeah. when I was earning something like, I don't know, I, I earned eight grand a year and ended up having more disposable income probably than I've ever had in the rest of my life. But for working at House of Fraser and getting discounts on, you know, Hugo Boss and the likes was just, oh, I was living the dream. Living <laughs> brilliant. The dream. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then what next? What did you, where did you go from there? Because I can see from LinkedIn, you've, you've had quite a varied um, background, had lots of experience. Yeah, I, and I would say that I, w- I was trying to sort of describe it as a mix of, I guess, financial services and retail is is, is what I've done, but always, like you say, big brands, um, you know, sort of big, big, big names. And I've done different roles. I've moved around from starting off as HR assistant to moving to HR advisor, to moving to business partner, senior business partner. And then, you know, the, the last role that I had before I moved in self-employment was a, you know, a head of retail HR. So, you know, looking after the business partnering team um, and facing out to the business, um, you know, from a, from a retail HR perspective. So yeah, it has been really varied and, um, I've moved around quite a lot as well. And I think now I look back on it, I, I, I often think, you know, why why was it that I couldn't actually settle for longer than, I think my longest stint was four and a half years with Eon. Um, and I, I just think actually self-employment is just much better suited to me as a person, but it took me like 20 something years to work that out. <laughs> Do you like the freedom of, of, of being able to, to get yeah, to, to, to choose what you're going to do and, and somewhere to focus and who to work with you've got to be quite um strong and independent as well to uh, especially with, we'll come on to this especially in terms of we talked earlier about having people connection um when you like a people connection to be self-employed though because it actually you, you've got to find it elsewhere haven't you you've got to reach out which maybe links into your ability to collaborate and network with people but in terms of your movements was there anything that made you choose to move or why why would you do was it were you actually just getting itchy feet yeah, pretty much. So um, I, I really I love to I love to go in, deliver something um, and then and then move on. I think I think that's what that's what's kind of happened through my career. So, you know, you go in, you build you build good relationships, you 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 deliver whatever it is that you're there to deliver. And then it's never been a I've never felt like I've been pushed away from businesses, but I've always kind of then dipped a toe in the water and gone, oh, but that opportunity sounds really amazing. So I'm going to, I'm going to go and go and have a look at that. And then, you know, I go and have a look at it and then I start getting more interested in it. I end up, you know, I end up getting the job and, and moving on. Um, But what's been so, so good for me is that every time that I've moved, I've created another network of relationships, contacts, you know, friends. Yes. So I think actually with where I am now in terms of the community that I've got, it, it is actually probably as a result of the fact that I have changed roles and and each time, you know, like I say, created a whole new network. Yes, isn't it? When you look back on it, it's almost like it's by design, even though, you know, at the time you felt like perhaps it was just the way you went. It sounds like you like you like variety, you seek out variety and change. And so you'd see that next pace to go and get involved and learn something new. Yeah, I love change. Um, I, I, I do work at, at a hell of a pace. Like, I li- you know, I like to be really busy. Um, but I just like to have fun, Lucinda. That's the main driver. So, you know, honestly, I live my life in the sense of, you know, what is it they say? You only, you only live once. Well, you no, know, you only die once, but you get to live every day. And that's my, that's my philosophy. And I think, you know, the minute it stops being fun, then it's time to do something different. It's time to make a change. So 
I think that's, you know, that that's just built into me as a person. I think that probably drives a lot of what I do. I love that, that philosophy. And, and that, so, so then I guess linking that, because I'd be quite interested here, as I said to you earlier, so you've got four children and, and um, I just understand a little bit about your personal life. I was thinking, how do you weave that into, into this and what you do and, and stuff? And did that link with being self-employed? Um, and also you work with your partner now as well, don't you? How does, how does that all fit with the overall Lizzie? Um, I, d- I don't know. I mean, I do like to pack it in, in terms of... It like, sounds like it. <laughs> like to be, yeah, I do, like to, I do like to take, you know, I do like to do a lot. Um, I don't know, really. I guess it does, it does all fit together because, you know, life, life is great and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to change any of it. Um, I think my kids... My kids probably would wouldn't agree when I'm dragging them up Mount Snowdon at 6 a.m. in the morning, um, you know, because that's what I like to do. <laughs> Whether do they really like it or not. Them, right. Yeah. I was so active. I was so active. Then they've been brought up on hiking and doing long walks. And, you know, at the weekend, I'll drag them out and we'll we'll go and walk 10 or 11 miles. And been doing that really since my youngest was I mean my youngest probably was walking 10 or 11 miles at the age of about six or seven so it's all they've ever known and uh, you know they'll say to me now they'll say oh mom you know my friend said that they did they walked like a couple of miles at the weekend and they were absolutely knackered <laughs> and uh, you know she's like my daughter's like god they have no idea what a long walk is <laughs> yeah those belief barriers that you've got them blown there <laughs> yeah I, I think it's uh I, it could go either way though couldn't it they could end up being like me and enjoying all that outdoor stuff and the fresh air and you know being out with nature or they they might end up rebelling against it and just kind of you know going the opposite way who knows well sometimes they go the opposite way for a bit don't they and then they come back so what age what range age ranges are they so I, so my eldest daughter, Lauren, is 22. Honestly, I lose count. Hang on. So oh. Lauren is 22 um, and she's she's in Manchester. She's she's um, graduated from uni and she lives in Manchester. Um, she's my stepdaughter. So she's Paul's daughter. And then um, I've got got three of my own. So I've got Will, who's 16. I've got Ruby, who's 14. And I've got Jay, who's 11. So I've got two two boys and two girls. So super lucky. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. And and um, so we were saying during the lockdowns, you wouldn't have been that quiet. There was plenty, plenty <laughs> going on. Lock, lockdown was hilarious. I mean, uh, what was it? I, 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 I called it the school of no shits given because that's, that. you know, I was the yeah. head teacher of the school of no shits given. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was so difficult trying to juggle everything with, you know, trying to work and oversee schooling of some sort with with all of the kids uh, coupled coupled with the fact that every day I was insistent that there was some forced exercise going on as well uh, which you know which they absolutely loved as you can imagine so yep. it was like family boot camps in the garden um, you know doing the old Jay Wicks um, in the garden or drag them out for an hour's bike ride or whatever but um, it's difficult times to be honest I think I think we all just had to kind of dig in well as everybody did just mm. dig in and do d- dig in and do your best but I wasn't in a place of beating myself up about you know am, am I doing enough here it was like well it is what it is yes and it's funny you now we almost look back on it in a sort of strange sort of fondness in terms of a, a really 
peculiar experiment it felt like we all went through didn't it but I, I do feel that we've kind of quite lucky having the kids there in some ways or kids of the ages that you've got and I've got mine mine 17 and 14 because they could kind of fend for themselves I do think it was at different levels of challenge the lockdown for people wasn't it in terms of um you know if you've got very young children and, and that side of things so uh so are they supportive of what of what you do <laughs> yeah I think so I think so for years it was really difficult to explain to the kids what what does mum do as a job you know trying to trying to explain HR to a, a five or six year old it's really you know it's really difficult um but I, th I think they're starting to understand now I mean my my eldest uh, Will has just started a part-time job at McDonald's and bless him he's gone through the whole kind of application process and onboarding and you know he's been logging onto portals to get his his shifts downloaded and all of that and uh, I, I said to him that all that stuff there will that's HR and he's like oh, oh no, I, get I get it, it. yeah he's, <laughs> I thought you just told people off and sacked people I'm like no it's kind of a bit more than that <laughs> so so when you went self-employed did you specialize in anything in particular or was it interims that you you did well, yeah. So every so everything that I've I, I've done really, Lucinda, is it, I've just kind of kind of just fallen into it and done it um, because it felt like the right thing to do. So I've never really had a grand plan in life, um, and I'm really comfortable with that. I, I just I just like the evolution of of, of stuff really. Um, so you know, I, I, I've ended up in I've ended up being self-employed, but it what you know, I didn't work towards it for any period of time. And, you know, all of the advice that people give you, like, make sure you've got enough money behind you and all of that. I didn't do any of that. I just thought, <laughs> I just thought, hmm, um, this whole annual leave thing isn't cutting it for me anymore. So yeah. I was thinking 25 days and all this stuff that I want to do and all the world that I want to see, 25 days annual leave. I was like, there's got, there's got to be a way of, of, of finding it more of a balance in life between time spent at work and time spent out of work and honestly that was kind of the main driver behind it and I just thought you know what I've, I've done 20 odd years in HR I've got some brilliant relationships some brilliant networks um, I'd like to create a world where I've got a bit more control over you know picking and choosing what it is that I want to do but also being able to have time out of work as well to yeah. do all the yeah. stuff that I like to do and um, so yeah so I just that decision really did just come from from that sort of that sort of place and yeah I was working for L'Oreal at the time and I had such a brilliant brilliant job at L'Oreal um absolutely amazing company absolutely loved it brilliant people great leadership um um so as you could say well why would you give that up well yeah just because I thought I'm going to do something different here and try a different way and so I gave them six months notice that I was going to leave and I just picked a date so this was in January when, when I made the decision. So I said, oh, uh, let's say 30th of June, end of June, that's a nice date. So I'll leave on the end of June, give them six months notice and um, and I'll just give it a go. And I guess that's, I just give everything a go. And I think, God, it, what's the worst that can happen? You know, if, if it doesn't work out for me, I'll just get, I'll just get another permanent job, you know, and that's fine. It's all fine. So yeah, so that's how I ended up. And luckily, you know, it, it seems to be working out. That was nearly three years ago and it's going well. So, you know, it was a great it was a great decision, but it certainly wasn't particularly planned. So so I can hear there's lots about it. it's interesting. Your, your values are very positive, very change oriented and, and sort of up for up for challenges. It, it feels like this was around the time the ninjas started, was it? Do you want to tell us how that came about? 
yeah it was it was about that same time and honestly how did ninjas come about the honest answer is that I'd had too many glasses of wine and and it seemed like a great idea so um I remember I remember talking to Paul about it actually partner Paul and saying oh I've had this idea you know I've been talking to Sean who's one of my you know you know one of my best friends who also works in HR and uh, we've had this idea about getting people that we know together you know she lives in Derby and I live in Nottingham and we're chatting over a glass of wine and we said, wouldn't it be just so amazing if we could bring both of our respective networks together over dinner or somehow create a situation where we can get all these people chatting together? Because could you imagine like, what a powerful community of people that would be? You know, and at that time, we we're probably thinking, you know, I've got 20 or so HR mates in Nottingham and she probably got the same in Derby. So we're talking about a gathering of maybe 40 people. Um, <laughs> and I remember saying to Paul, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to give this a go on Facebook. And he's like, no, babe, you don't want to do that. No, that'll never work. <laughs> That'll never work. He says, you want to be looking at LinkedIn? Yeah. And I said, nah, I'm, I've just got a feeling nobody's doing it on Facebook. It's more informal. It's friendly. It kind of suits my vibe. Um, I'm just, I, I was like, what is the worst that can happen? I'll just close it back down again. So, you know, that was that. And so I started Ninjas just by inviting a few of my friends on Facebook and Sean invited her friends and, uh, and it just went from there. So then they invited more friends and friends and friends and friends. And yeah, and the rest is history. And now we're at an amazing 10,000 odd. Yeah, that's congratulations on that. You must be so proud. And actually, we'll talk a bit about how you've evolved it over the time. I think I've been in since you were 5,000. I think I, re- I think I remember you getting that because it feels like it's grown quick. It's, in the, it's grown really quickly in the last year, hasn't it? It's right? grown really, yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah, COVID basically. Mm. Um, really, really accelerated our numbers. And um, I don't know, I don't know whether you'll agree with this, I hope you will. But I think, I think um, we really came into our own as a community around the time that COVID hit, because everybody was leaning in, you know, at that time, as an HR professional, you go to bed, believing that something was true, based on what the government had, had, had said or had issued. And then literally you'd wake up the next morning and the whole landscape had changed and the goalposts had moved in the space of, you know, eight hours while, whilst you'd been asleep. And, and you were to... to be the expert on it, weren't you? Everyone's turning to you to know all the answers. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think because we naturally, as HR people, we, we want to have those answers because we want to help people and we want to reassure people. But the reality was at that time, we were way out of our own comfort zones because we, we, we just did, you know, there was nothing to lean on. There was no policies. There's no precedence. You know, it, it was a really challenging time. So I think I think HR Ninjas at that time, um, you know, it was it was a really valuable source for lots of people. Um, Both emotional was- and practical support. That's the thing which I think is was so um obvious I mean I certainly looking in because as you know I'm learning and development more by background so I've never had to deal with that kind of oh, in the moment crap really that you guys were all dealing with but it, I was in absolute awe it gives you it gave me a real insight into just the absolute pressures of of the 80% of people because many many of, of the people on the ninjas are also there in a you know an HR department of one aren't they they're standalone as well so they were having to come up with the answers almost with no support and that was what I thought was it made the um, ninja so important because of the support that was there for people yeah and I, th- I absolutely agree with that and I think as well it was just so at HR ninjas were all about just keeping it real and and at that time keeping it real is what people needed so 
um, people people were looking for kind of real life quick responses to questions that they had and the beauty with any kind of social media group is that you put something out there and you can get 20 responses back within 10 minutes you know and that I think our ability to mobilize so quickly is is part of what makes us so brilliant because you know it's almost instant that that response so I think that but you've think created that, that really... culture actually so I think that's one of the things that's most interesting about it and, and one of the reasons it has grown so fast so, so definitely came into its own in COVID but that was because you had 7,000 odd people and then people also were saying this is actually a really good group and certainly when I came across it it felt different from many other groups I, I mean I think you were inspired to go with Facebook three years ago because actually LinkedIn was the place three years ago where you'd go but LinkedIn then changed their algorithms LinkedIn pretty much killed groups a couple of years ago didn't they and actually the informality as you say of this allows people to be themselves yet um you, you're curating it quite carefully and I, and I note that you know you've adjusted things as you've gone through to try and retain the culture I think that you you founded it for but if we went back before where we are now three years ago so you, you wanted just people to be able to share ideas and it sounds like it grew organically by a few people telling a few people oh this is quite a useful group is that how it worked yeah that that's exactly how it works I mean I think I think for me there's something around um so when I was working as a HR business partner I used to I used to take a lot of pleasure from doing stuff at work that meant that people enjoyed their jobs more. So, you know, as a business partner, I would typically probably be responsible for, I don't know, a headcount of maybe 500 employees. And I used to think, God, you know, I'm responsible for 500 employees and I can have an impact on this group of 500 people in terms of, do they enjoy coming to work or do they not enjoy coming to work? Because the work that I do, you know, enables that and I thought wow if you can pull together other business partners that also have influence over a headcount of 500 people and then you you know that and then that multiplies imagine how many actual individuals at work we could impact through having a HR group because each one of us is responsible for you know part of part of that picture of the workforce so you know it's quite mind-blowing when you think about it like that because HR does change lives you know good HR changes people's working lives so if I can if I can join forces with other people that are also in this same gig that also want to have that same purpose and mission just imagine how much better the working lives of people in the UK can actually be and that you know that, that, that was part of it as well, about joining forces, about sharing and learning from each other and, um, and then being able to apply that in all of the respective organisations that we work in to have the impact of, you know, people enjoying their jobs more. So we are properly a woman on a mission, really. So it is a purpose because that's and that makes sense you're saying how it is about helping people collaborating sharing making a better work place to work and, and live um, and as opposed to. The, I mean, because you're running this alongside, you're, you're not taking any revenue from ninjas. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not aware of any ninja merchandise, although this, maybe there should be. Um, but, you know, you're, you're just doing it because you believe in it at, at the moment. That, that's how it is, is it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that you know, that that is what it's all about. And I've I've continued to run the group for three years just off the side of off the side of the desk, basically. So whilst at the same time, you know, setting up my HR consultancy and getting that off the ground, as well as being a mum, as well as being a partner. Um, and the reality is that it does take up, I, I, on average, about 25 hours a week it takes wow. to, to moderate and, and manage the group. Um, and there's been a few times where it's become 
it's become difficult and I've had to really kind of dig deep to go, no, you know, remember why, you, why you're doing this. Um, but, but largely the, the group, honestly, it's rewarded me in so many ways that I never would have anticipated. It's just been the most amazing experience. And I'm so, you know, I'm so proud of the group and proud of everybody in the group. So um, although, it does, although it is a significant investment of my own personal time, um, I enjoy it and, I, you know, I, I want to carry on doing it. So you're still passionate about it. You brought Paul in to support. Did, is that I remember that happening. And, and that does that work, or is, is was that because you were finding it the workload high, or how how was? Yeah, I yeah I needed some support. I needed some support with it. Um, is he HR just, as well, or is it just 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 helps you out? No, he's not HR. Um, although he's kind of yeah, he's he's kind of he's getting more and more <laughs> knows more than he'd possibly like to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the moment, I mean, it's early days, Lucinda. Let's be honest. In terms of our working partnership, it's early days. Um, he knows who, he knows who's in charge, <laughs> so <laughs> that's clear. Um, but no, he, he's he's super supportive, and um, yeah, he's he's helping me out with just managing stuff on the group. You know, moderating and doing the admin side of things, um, and that's that's been brilliant because obviously because we live together and because we're in the house together it's it's really really easy for us just to talk about stuff that's coming up on the group and you know it's again it doesn't it doesn't hold us back it doesn't delay things we just we just talk talk it through and and get on with it sort of thing so yeah it's it's great yeah that's, it's quite easy to get hold of each other as well that's yes that's the thing which works really well in terms of and giving you that support uh, in terms of coming carrying on when you're finding it tough as well if it is your partner in that respect that's that's great from the same the same team there yeah, I mean, when it, there was a period of time just around April um, where, I, where I was finding it really tough. And I said to Paul, you know, for my own well-being, I need to take some time out. So I was so I was juggling, obviously, the COVID, the COVID um, situation, you know, from my HR consultancy. I was trying to deal with all of that. And then obviously Ninja's group exploded um, and the amount of engagements that we were getting at that time. It just, yeah, it just was through the roof. And I said to Paul, actually, for my own mental well-being here, I, I need a break. Um, and at that point, he said, all right, I'll, I'll step in and I'll, I'll take the reins for three weeks, which is what he, what he did. And at that point, I switched off. I switched everything off. Social media went off. That was it. Complete break for three weeks, just whilst I kind of regrouped, got my head back back in the game. And I sort of came back three weeks later and felt brilliant. But, um, you know, if he hadn't have done that, I don't know what it might have meant for the group. So I'm really grateful to him now that he, you know, he, he did that for me. That's brilliant. And um, so, and hats off to you for having the self-awareness you needed to take that time out and, and restock. And I think anyone listening to this will be going, Brian, be 25 hours a week of your time to do something which is, you know, indirect from your business, for the love of it, is, is significant. You can understand why that would take its toll, particularly when COVID's kicking off and you're having to do all those things in your own right, in your own business. Um, so I think I'm sure everybody would say thank you very much to you and Paul for that. So in terms of your vision for the ninjas, um, what is it? Are you going to aim for 25,000 members? Did I see you say you were going to set it up in different countries or did I imagine that? Well, so we so we do have HR Ninjas USA and Canada. I uh, set that one up a while ago and it's a bit more of a slow burn, um, to be honest. I, ha- I haven't I haven't put much time into into growing that community, but but people are joining um, and, um, you know, it'd be great to see. It would be great to see to see that that uh, that that group grow and flourish in the future that'd be brilliant um but in terms of HR ninjas you know you know what even if nothing changed from from this point onwards I'm super happy with the group and I'm super happy with where we're at so 
I can't sit here and say to you, I've got grand plans or grand designs because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I don't really operate in that way. And I just I, I, I just love to see where things go. So I'm, I'm super open minded about what happens with HR ninjas, but also really happy that if nothing else happens, you know, it's all good where we've got to 10,000 members in three years and the amount of value that we're adding, you know, day, day in, day out and the difference that we're making to people's lives, you know, it's kind of enough, but if if we get more, then even better. Yeah. And do you want to talk about just in terms of, you know, you've put some sort of more strict rules in as the groups got bigger. You've been you've you've thought about you thought obviously thought quite carefully about how you can maintain that personal touching it not get taken over by promotion or anything like that because you've you, you've raised some different rules recently haven't you in terms of that do you want to explain your thinking on on that and what they what they are in case people haven't realized well so everything everything that we do with the group it all goes back to the kind of those core principles and those core values as to why it was set up in the first place so you know around being a space where people could come together to collaborate and to share knowledge and ideas and for it to be a forum for those that want to give when they've got capacity to give and a forum for those that want to take when they need to take. But, but the principle of the group is that actually, if you're a member of the group, that that's what you do. You give to the group and you take from the group in equal measure. So, so I think as the group, as the group has grown larger, um, what I didn't want it to become is, is it just another LinkedIn marketplace. Um, I didn't want the focus of the group to be about um, people promoting or people selling. I wanted the focus of the group to still be about that kind of um, bringing people together um, to share knowledge and to share stories and to learn from each other. And so any rule that we put in place, is, there's always a reason behind a rule. And I know that sometimes I get contacted <clears throat> by members um, and they, they don't understand why we've done something that we've done. But as soon as we talk offline about the reasons why we've got that rule in place, people are like, oh, yeah, no, I, I completely get that. So everything that we do, it's always, you know, it's always done with good intent. It's always done with with a purpose in mind. And um, what was happening as we'd grown larger was that my time was getting disproportionately spent on stuff that I didn't really see was value adding to the group. So everything yeah. that I want to spend my time on, it's about creating value um, and it's about um, it's about making it a great experience for our members. And what was happening was that my time was getting disproportionately spent on dealing with people that were trying to promote products and services in the group. And I thought, hang on a minute, this is this isn't right. I need to focus my energies onto the right onto the right areas. I, I, yeah, Lizzie, it's been really brilliant to speak to you. And I think you should be massively proud of, of what you've achieved from the side of your desk and continue to achieve. It feels like the ninjas is going to go forward. One thing I meant to ask you, and is there a reason for the name ninjas or was that just a you know a wine influenced name that came to mind? Oh God, like everything else, Lucinda, it's just one of those things that just kind of happened. So I'll tell you the story quickly about that one. So <laughs> we'll end I on first, this. Yeah, when I first set, set up the group, it was called the HR Network. I thought, oh, that's that's quite, it's quite dull and boring, um, but it, it serves a purpose and it will let everyone know kind of what, what it is, what it is that we're all about. So that's that's what it was called to start with for, I don't know, a few, a few weeks, maybe. Um, but somebody sent me a photo of, you know, those T-shirts that say, um, what do they say? I'm not an HR manager. I'm a multitasking HR ninja or something, something like that. Right. And I thought, yeah, 
actually we are you know we are multitasking you know we are we are HR ninjas and I thought I'll just change the group to that and I'll see if I get any any kickback or any feedback and people just loved it and they were like oh that's such a cool name I was like okay that will do then <laughs> so that's it is it's changed. brilliant it's, it's like, I'm, I'm not sure you'd have 10,000 members if it's called the HR network the HR ninjas <laughs> can't everyone wants to be a ninja <laughs> yeah and you know you talked about um ninja merch as well yeah I have I have been looking into that I have been because I thought oh that'd be really cool to have some ninjas merch that we could we I could, could, I could see there. that working definitely <laughs> That could be a laugh. Definitely. Well, so that's got to be worth worth it. Worth it. You can always give it to charity, even if you wanted to keep it. Was um, it, it's as a a sideline. But you know, I don't think anyone would begrudge you actually, you know, making some business out of it either. Seeing as you've you've created something that's of value um, to so many people. So yeah, we, uh, we, we actually looked at um, Paul was looking into. Um, getting some ninjas like stress balls uh, branded with HR ninjas and uh, he was looking into to getting a load of those to give away because he was like oh this would be awesome for this kind of 10,000 celebrations and I was like yeah actually a, a ninja stress ball would be yeah. probably be quite appropriate after the year that we've all had. <laughs> uh, I think you should do it personally I think you should do that and I think you should think about the book as well but um yeah. Yeah, it's been brilliant chatting to you, Lizzie, as I knew we'd be able to chat for longer <laughs> than, than we should. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for everything you've done in terms of the ninjas. I know lots of people are very grateful for the value you bring. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, Lucinda. Enjoyed that. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising, proudly brought to you by Actor Software, the joined up performance and talent management solution. You can access links to any of the information or resources mentioned in the show via the podcast page at www.hruprising.com. If you like what we do, please subscribe, tell your colleagues and leave a review. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising. 